you had this interaction with somebody that was unfavorable, but you turn the corner and there's this other situation that restores your faith in humanity. Like there are still good people in the world and you're on the right path. It's just, we can't let like our charge be swayed by somebody who's doing the wrong thing. Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, girls. Hey, guys. Okay, so today's guest, Lee Clark, is one of life's magical unicorns who throws kindness around like confetti. But she was not always that way. In 2008, at the age of 29, Lee lost her job and had to move back in with her parents. It was at that moment when she realized she had no purpose or joy. Even after finding a new job, she felt emotionally and financially drained. So she started a journey of transformation that began with juicing, hot yoga, and doing a daily random act of kindness. She loves the feeling of doing nice things and seeking out opportunities to give back. After paying off one lucky person's holiday layaway, she was hooked. She realized her purpose and her happiness were directly correlated to kindness. Her organization, Kindly, was founded on the principle that you get joy by giving giving joy away. The nonprofit has made significant impact in nationwide efforts, such as gathering school supplies for foster children, distributing crucial items to those facing homelessness, delivering gifts to women and children who are victims of abuse and human trafficking, and paying off holiday layaways for strangers. Her work has been featured on Rachel Ray, The Today Show, and on many national and local media outlets. As the chief kindness officer, Lee ensures there is kindness at the heart of everything the organization does. Through helping to uplift others, she has found her purpose. Year over year, she continues to work her hardest to leave an indelible mark on the world. Her hope is to inspire others to live their best life by sharing their own positivity. Her belief is that together we can make a difference and we can make this world a nicer place, one act of kindness at a time. Please welcome Lee Clark to the show. This makes me so happy. <laughs> Yay, Lee. Yay. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. All right, Lee. So this is Heidi. And every show at the top of the show, before we like get into it, just to get our juices running, we do a weekly catch-up topic. And this week, we'd love your input. Um, our topic is we're talking about apps that make life easier. So any app, especially during the holidays that makes your life easier, I'll start. Mine is 10% Happier. A former guest of ours, Dan Harris, created this app and he has meditation gurus from all over the world bringing their meditation styles onto his app. And there's, you know, one minute meditations, two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 and beyond. And for me, it's just a nice little way to ground anytime I need it, which during the holidays and all of 2020, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's mine. Who's next? <laughs> I'll go. It's Christine. Hi. Um, well, this is not just for the holidays, but Heidi, you know how much I love your app, the Crossflow Yoga app, but not only for yoga. Recently, um, about, I want to say a month ago, I was not doing fancy yoga tricks. I was actually just washing my hair in the shower and I pulled something in my neck that 
I have not been the same ever since. And I just can't like turn left or right properly anymore. So Heidi told me that on her app, she had the cranky neck flow and it just helps to soothe and ease and just kind of get, I guess, what what am I doing? Am I just reworking my muscles again and and just kind of come back to life? Yeah, you're repatterning it and hopefully unsticking whatever got stuck because when you tilted your head back, you know, it's crazy because I've spoken about this on air for a lot of different television shows, you can get a stroke by tilting your neck back if you have the wrong anatomy. And it's actually known in medical circles as a hairdresser stroke because when people are washing their hair at the hairdresser, it can happen. Oh my gosh. So, oh my God, add that to the list of things I have to be scared of. <laughs> Very lucky that it's just a just, and I say just because like a crick in the neck is the, it's so horrible because it lasts forever. So that flow is actually an RX flow, which means I did it with doctors. So it's doctor approved moves to get your neck back in the proper alignment. And I really hope and pray that it works. Yeah. It's crazy. I I was like, Oh my gosh, is this what happens when you get older? Like I I wasn't even doing anything exciting. I was washing my hair. I was going to say the other day I got what I called a LRI, which is a laundry related injury. And I was like, you see, I never should have done the laundry. This is what happens. I'm surprised I haven't gotten that yet. Injuries always happen in the everyday mundane things. It's, it's never like some like big, crazy, amazing thing because you're paying too much attention in those moments. It's the everyday when we're not focused on what we're doing because it's just like, I'm washing my hair. I'm doing the laundry. Yeah. I'm picking up my kid. He's screaming, you know? <laughs> and But this is Jamie. I'll second that. Um, I love Heidi's app because I was having all these wrist problems. I was doing like too much yoga in the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> I was like, serenity now. And I was doing so much yoga that I really messed up my wrists. And Heidi, I saw that Heidi was offering like a, a wrist-free flow. And I'm like, I did it for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know, but I was like, how do you even do that? Like you, you, downward dog is like the basic position of yoga, but like she did it and it was so awesome. And so Heidi, I really got to say like kudos to giving, like to offering something that's different than everybody else does in the yoga space, because there's so much on there. Heidi, um, I'm so lame with my app because i am just been welcomed to the 20, <laughs> 2020 and I downloaded Spotify. Oh, um, congratulations. I mean, yes, right? Like, is, is Spotify been around since 1982? Are you, and I, are you on MySpace as well? <laughs> is my mom calls it FaceSpace? I'm on MySpace and now I have Spotify. <laughs> but, like, I'm not kidding. I literally downloaded Spotify two days ago. And, okay, if, it, if I'm really being honest – my husband had to put it on my phone for me because I was like, I want to run with music. How do I do that? <laughs> and this is why you've emailed me and talked to me like 15 times about like, how do I get your app? I'm like, I sent this it to you why, like 15 Heidi. times. Like I absolutely know I would love your app, but until someone puts it on my phone and puts it in front of me, like it's so bizarre how technically challenged I am. People are like, but you're on Instagram and you and do you run a magazine. And, like, but on, on- <laughs> and I run, yeah, no, I run a magazine with people I've never met in person. It's crazy. But somehow I am slightly technically challenged. But Spotify is life changing. I had like all you could, you could just search up. I want a running. I want a running playlist, and you just get good music. You sure can. Jamie and I put time. a playlist together. Yeah, we, we did. did. Work yeah, we did. And you put it on my it. phone. Just put it on my phone. Make it go. On Spotify, <laughs> I mean, we put it on Spotify together. 
You know what? I'm I'm so lucky, even though my husband's 20 years older than me, which usually would mean that he'd be technically technically challenged because he's like a no, boomer and like George, he, is. George is like the biggest geek in life. Like he's a huge tech geek. So I am super lucky. And it's funny because I'm pretty technically like good, but then I don't know when he's around, it's kind of like all women all of a sudden we're like, I can't mm. carry it. But if he's not around, I can carry like six hay bales at once. I'm like a horse girl <laughs> that used to carry water buckets. But when he comes around, I'm like, my purse is too heavy, but I do it with technology too. I, I make him do the same thing, Megan, as you. I'm like, I don't, how do you put an app on the foot? He's like, you know uh, this. I got to be honest. So Jamie, I don't, I mean, I don't have any secret skills right. that I'm hiding. <laughs> I, I'm not harboring right. secret skills here. No, I pretty much just, I mean, but I feel like we should ask Lee too. There must be some kind of genius kindness app that we don't know about. Yes, but I was going to say, Megan, I'm surprised you didn't opt for like the boom box on the shoulder, like the guys. <laughs> hey, you know what? Say anything was the really good movie. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, actually, a friend of mine who's going to be in my upcoming book, a gentleman by the name of Mark Shapiro, who runs a company called Digital Humanity, just launched an app called the Love Bomb app. And Ooh. it's like a little like random act of kindness, a little gamification of that. And just a way to like love bomb your friends and your colleagues and neighbors and just Ooh, like your flower bombs that I can't wait to talk about later. Yeah, just to, you know, get into somebody's like slide in those DMs with some niceness for the day. Um, so I think that's really awesome. And for busy people who are trying to like juggle all the things, which I feel like everybody is, especially with social media and, and the like now, also Calendly. I'm a big fan of Calendly. Um, Yeah, I was just talking to somebody earlier. They're like, I got to get that. Because it does sync with your calendar when people are like, hey, we should meet up with six other people. You're like, here's my link. Let's find some common ground. But yeah, anything around uh, efficiency or just ways to just add some goodness into the day, I'm all about it. I like that. Check your app out though, Heidi. Now I'm like, I'll send my (laughs) This is Jamie. So I have, I have a couple apps. So uh, obviously this is like holiday time. So Thanksgiving's coming up. I got to be totally honest. I'm actually happy. I'm okay. This is going to sound, I'm going to sound like a jerk. Oh, (laughs) on our kindness show, I'm going to sound like a jerk. I'm kind of happy. We can't go like spend the time with our family because I always spend Thanksgiving just sitting, which I love doing with my family, but I don't eat any of the things that they serve at Thanksgiving with my family. Like sometimes we'll just bring our own stuff, but then he also feel a little rude. Uh, I mean, I don't, I won't eat. There's literally not one thing I could eat. What about so carrots? I'm, I'm just, Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes. They, no, they're, with, I'm not going to eat it. They're bathed in butter uh, and I don't do it. Like, it's just not how uh, I eat. Like they have sweet potatoes with like milk. It's just not how I, I'm big. Like I'm, I don't do it. So they're literally not one thing. Like not one. I've tried. Same. I'm the same. I bring my own food. <laughs> and so that, yeah, we did that last year. George and I brought George and I brought everything that we that we ate uh, at Thanksgiving, but then you kind of feel like a jerk anyway. So this year, I'm just kind of happy because well, we can't see family, and that's a downside. The upside is that we can eat what we want to eat for Thanksgiving. So we're making all of these vegan dishes, and we're like so excited to cook. So I like um, Forks Over Knives. Their app is really good. They have amazing vegan recipes, so I can go like hog wild on there. No pun intended, because <laughs> I don't eat hogs, but whatever. Um, also, Happy Cow is a really good app if you are vegan, like if you're traveling, it, it gives you like vegan or plant forward restaurants and all different 
cities. But then also I just wanted to say, people are always asking me on the influencer side, what apps I use to make my life easier. And so I want to say that for photo editing, I love Lightroom. For video editing, I love Splice because people are always like, how do you make your videos with voiceovers? And it's super not complicated because I'm not like smart like that with editing. Splice, like a monkey could do it. And then um, mix captions. Does that mean Megan? Yes, Code Megan, word Megan. Megan? Yes, monkey <laughs> Megan could do it. And then mix captions, which is if you want to give subtitles to your videos, which really helps people because nobody wants to like put sound on ever. Can so. you just put this in an email to me or show notes, Jane? I can. We definitely need to do show yeah, notes. Yeah, they're helpful. They're, they're good ones. So anyway, those are mine. Yeah. Also, Jamie, to add to that, if you, I think you could do all those things that you talked about, writing the captions, putting the voiceover and everything else in InShot, I-N-S-H-O-T, and that's through Instagram. And they actually also Ooh. have songs on there, like music that Instagram already approves. So they're Ooh, good. Yeah. yeah, it's called InShot. And they, a girl cool. from, you know who told me? Uh, Brooke. She told me to use that when we were talking about it because I just said, what's the safest thing to use that I know Instagram won't like boot me off with? (laughs) Very cool. What was the app, Christine? And then we'll move on. What was the app that you introduced me to when I, when we did our socially distanced photo shoot? Hyperlapse. It's, it's an actual app called hyperlapse and you can actually, it's good because, and same thing with InShot, you can control the speed of your hyperlapse. So it's not like hyperlapse is usually just so fast when you do one in your camera. Mm -hmm. Um, And same thing with InShot. If you want to speed up or slow down a video, you can just do that. Like you could do everything. This app is really good. I mean, I'm sure there's an updated version, but I did, I downloaded it a few, like half a year ago. This is where, you know what, this is like, we should, we should continue this conversation and do like a whole episode on like influencer tips because yes. I feel like people yeah. love this stuff. Yeah. So table that, yeah. we'll put also, a pin in it. Also though, it's not just influencers. Now it's everyone because we're all no, virtual all right. the time now. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, literally absolutely. for everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It was so yeah. funny. The fat Jewish the other day on his Instagram said, um, isn't it? Thank God that like COVID happened in 2020 and not in 2003. But think about <laughs> it. We're all like, we all have ring lights. We're like content creators, even if we're not anyway. So totally. thank God for small, small silver linings. All right. Let me move on to our topic of the day. So we just celebrated World Kindness Day on November 13th, but really we at Off the Gram think that every day should be World Kindness Day. Wouldn't that be nice? It's never been more important to be kind to one another, ourselves, and the world. Compassion is the tie that binds us all. And today we're here with Chief Kindness Officer of Kindly, Lee Clark, to talk kindness and how to make it the only thing that's contagious in this COVID world. So welcome, Lee. Hi, thank you again for having me. It's so much fun. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, I think we just want to start off with hearing your journey because it is really an amazing story as you came to find your purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's very relatable because I think in life, we all have these moments where we fall down and we have to like reevaluate our lives. And then we come back up and it's like, well, that was transformative. And um, I feel like this year has been that for a lot of people where all of a sudden the world, very busy, very fast, very interesting, got very, very small and very, very, uh, it just came down to your health and the people who are close to you. So I had um, a similar kind of like uh, epic year in 2008. Uh, was my first shot of adulting. So I was a director of marketing at 28. I had started working at like 11 in a newspaper office stuffing envelopes because they had air conditioning and we didn't. And um, I I collected W-2s by 14. So by 28, like I was working at a software company in New York as a director of marketing and really felt like from a professional accolade standpoint that I was, you know, in it to win it. And then the recession hit and the real estate market crashed. And, you know, the next thing I know, I had a little 
cardboard box of like all of my personal effects going out the front door of said software company. So um, I was really shook because I had built this and, and early on, but built this entire kind of identity around my professional success. And it was something that because I could work really hard at something, I knew I could achieve. And once I could achieve, I felt fulfilled. But it was a false bottom with that. So when I when I lost my job, you know, as Megan mentioned at the at the top of the show, I, I moved back in with my parents, which when you're in your early 30s, like that is like such an ego blow. But retrospectively, I will say I'm fortunate that I had that opportunity. There are people who fall on hard times and don't have the luxury of like going home and throwing a pity party, but I did. So I went home, I threw a pity party um, sponsored by like Stoli sitting on my parents' couch, just wondering like with my tiny existential crisis, like who am I? What am I about? What, what happened? You know, and, and how did I go from feeling so sure, self-assured and driven and focused to feeling so lost um, and, and I think in the, in the bottom of my heart, I knew that even if I found a job that I had kind of unearthed this part of me that I couldn't look away from. Like I had opened a door to a cave that I had to kind of get a flashlight and go into. Um, so my first, you know, and foremost was to get back into work and, and find my way back to that balance that kept me, you know, with some sense of identity. But this nagging feeling was like, you have to build something bigger than this. This has to be, and I don't mean build as in like start something, because that's a little overwhelming for people, but just build something internally, like just find some fire within you that's not related to supporting somebody else's success, but just really related to like, your core giving, your being, your humanity. And so one holiday season, it was 2012. It was about this time of year. I was overweight and underwhelmed. Like I like to say, I was about a hundred pounds overweight. I was just like, what is the point? Like I'm working again. I still feel lost. I don't really feel connected. I don't feel seen or valued by myself, not even by the world around me, but I just don't feel like I'm seeing or valuing my worth what can I do? So I, I'm always like, I err on the side of do something major. So I did, uh, as Megan uh, mentioned, like acts of kindness every day, hot yoga and juicing, which is really easy during the holiday season, by the way, like holiday parties, like people are eating like apps and cheese plates. And I'm like, uh, I had a carrot juice earlier. I'm good. I got 90 minutes of sweat yoga later. Sorry. Um, but I was doing these acts of kindness and a couple things I realized immediately. One, I loved random acts of kindness because they fit into my day wherever I could find time. And that was one of the biggest struggles I had with giving back the perception that I don't have enough time. The other thing I loved about random acts of kindness from inception was it could be any amount of money. It could be just complimenting strangers genuinely on the street. So the other, you know, pre preconceived notion I had about giving was that I didn't have enough money. I couldn't write those checks at charity galas. I didn't have enough commas in my bank account to um, really make a difference. And, and the third is that even a little bit of a difference, even just seeing one other person and valuing them, was giving back to them something I realized I had lost for myself. Um, and so by starting to find ways to see and value people in small ways or in large ways, I realized I could have a profound impact, not, not on the world at large at first, but you know, on my own spirituality, my humanity, and just like my sense of, of calm and peace. 
Um, so I then was like, I want everyone to do this. This is amazing. Like I'm just naturally enthusiastic about the things I'm driven by. And if I find something that's amazing, like an awesome app or a great recipe or, you know, a good yoga move for neck, you know, balancing, like I want other people to have that same relief. And I want my, whatever suffering I went through, I want, you know, that not to be just for me, but I want to end suffering for others and like share. So I started going on social media, which back then, like that was odd to share like, Hey, I like, you know, gave a homeless man lunch. People are like, that's, great. You know, just do it and don't brag about it. Like, don't be that person who's like, I'm so nice. Isn't that great guys? And I'm like, no, no, that's not why I, that's not why I'm sharing. I'm sharing because it's like, you guys should do this too. So, um, I was like, I have to find a way to fund my habit. Like I want to do more of this. I want to get the word out. Like, how can I fund it? And, um, there's this quote by Aristotle, which is about purpose. And it says, um, you know, basically the definition of purpose is at the intersection where your gifts, talents, and abilities meet a human need, therein you will discover your purpose. So I got to thinking about what are my gifts and talents, um, and, and I knew how to meet a human purpose through random acts of kindness, but I come from a long line of artists, and my mom and my grandmother are artists, so I knew how to paint a little bit, and so I just started selling paintings at the local farmer's market And I would take whatever little money I made from that to fund my acts of kindness. And with that, Kindly was born. So that's the backstory of how I got to be uh, the chief kindness officer of a um, nonprofit that is now nationwide and growing globally. Best job title ever. (laughs) It's hard to live up to, though. When you're chief kindness officer, you cannot flip people off in traffic. I get it. I'm the chief spirit officer of my town. So sometimes like, you know, I mean, I have to always be rah-rah. So I totally get it. (laughs) I was going to say, what happens when you're like in a bad mood or do you maybe don't you maybe don't get in a bad mood because you're always doing something so positive that you're just always uplifted? Well, and that's funny that you ask that because people say like, are you always in a good mood? First off, when I'm like not in a good mood, I'll like order from shipped and have other people go interact with humanity just to make sure that (laughs) that I stay home. But but really, I've I've had dark days and I've spoken about this um, on, you know, the content I've contributed to Huffington Post. But my husband and I went through a really uh, tough infertility challenge and we ultimately ended up adopting. But when I was in the midst of that, like I was so sad because it was, you know, when life doesn't go the way you hoped it would, it's it's deflating uh, in all aspects. Another bit of adulting for me. And I remember one day just having a really bad day and just had some bad results. And um, I, I went to the florist and I got like 200 roses and I like stood on the corner and handed them to people. And I was like, this is going to make me feel better. And I can't say like, I was like, yeah, I feel great. And like, I was just handing them out being like, here you go. Have a great day. Here you go. Have a blessed day, you know, but <laughs> it was better than, um, it was better than where I was in my head before I tried to make that outreach. Um, and, and I've learned a lot now that I've, I'm in the, what I call like the kindness industry or I'm a kindness influencer. Like there are now medical studies emerging, like um, studies coming out of Stanford. You know, I've had the privilege of meeting the professor of a kindness course at Stanford that there is literal, you know, chemical reaction in the brain to doing acts of kindness uh, where your serotonin levels um, are better and your dopamine levels are better. 
And I think as humans, we're always looking for some mood booster, right? So we're either looking for our coffee to get us going or our wine to chill us out or, you know, like some people are obsessed with fitness. I wish I was, but I'm not. But, you know, everybody's always looking for that, like something to change their mood. And to your point, like bad days come and your mood can be affected, but this is another remedy and it's not going to solve everything, but neither is a run. <laughs> but I mean, I still encourage running for anybody who's into it. Yeah, but isn't that the whole point, right? Like that you don't, just like you don't have to have money to be giving, you don't have to be in a good mood to be kind. In fact, quite the opposite. And it's something I learned early on, you know, as I was kind of taking my spiritual journey, a uh, part of what I liked about the spiritual path that I went in the beginning in my 20s when I started to seek was that I had been to therapy, but therapy was like me, 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 me. And what I needed to learn was no, you let me like, I needed to learn to be of service because being in my own head, thinking about my own problems, talking about myself, that never got me anywhere good, but turning around and, and putting out my hand to help somebody else despite how little time I might have, or if I was in a crappy mood or whatever, that was actually the best spiritual medicine I had ever learned to take. So isn't that kind of the whole point is that even if you aren't feeling it, do it anyway, right? Mm -hmm. I always say do good to feel good. And I've always been very giving in that way because, but I used to think like, there must, this must be so selfish because I actually just feel so good. I'm the one benefiting here. I work at the soup kitchen and now I feel good. Like maybe this is, is somehow selfish because I'm benefiting so wildly. Do you ever have moments of that, Lee? Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I feel so good. Can this really be good for everybody else too? Yeah. And, and honestly, like, you know, when my intentions were being questioned, when I was sharing on social media, like I had to question myself. I really feel in life when you get defensive about things, like you have to check yourself. Is there truth in there? Because two things come out of it. Like, no, there's no truth in there. Then move on. It doesn't matter what anybody's saying. If it's not true, like why waste energy on it? Or the, the alternate, which is it is true and do some work on it. So when I was being questioned on like, what is your motivation for sharing? Are you looking for a pat on the back or a cookie? I had to realize what is my selfishness in this? And I was like, no, to your point, Megan, like selfishly, I feel really good. You know, I'm actually sharing with everybody else so they can also feel really good. And yeah, I do I do feel that kindness really does benefit the giver, the receiver. And in turn, when you share it and motivate and inspire others, the reader or, you know, the, the audience, because it, it reminds people that good still exists and that people still value one another. And this year, particularly with like a tumultuous election and all the things like seeing somebody have that humanity, there's some kind of like leveling effect where it's like things can be right in the world. Uh, And I always talk about like in our logo, there's a plus sign right next to the K for kindly. Uh, Also, there's a plus sign next to the kindness community, which is a kindness community we have on Facebook that has like 18,000 members. And the point behind the plus is being a positive charge. So in science, there's protons, neutrons and electrons, right? So something has a positive charge, something has a negative charge and something has a neutral charge. And the one with the neutral charge can pick up either, right? So if you're walking around neutral and you run into somebody who's having a bad day and they have a real negative balance, like all of a sudden you feel like negative too. You're taking that home. They say empaths are like that. Like they just pick up people's feelings, right? So my whole thing is like, what can I do to be the plus sign, the positive? How can I try to balance out what little I can in the world? Um, 
and I think that to your point, like, yeah, there, there is, a, it is self-benefiting in the sense that you feel like you've done something outside of yourself. You've gotten outside of your head, outside of your like self-involved part that we all have. It's natural. We all have an ego, um, but just really see somebody else value someone else. Um, and I will say also like the charity galas and the things that I always felt were like out of scope. Now I'm at those parties a lot because I'm, I help other organizations and I'm in the room and I always had this perception of those people like, Oh, well they're just rich. So they go to the charity things cause they need tax exemptions and that like, that's what, but I've learned like the people that I've met through philanthropy Sometimes I think they're rich because they're charitable. They're not charitable because they're rich. That is a beautiful point. Love that. And I, this is Heidi. I just want to say, like, when you told the story about your roses, I got really teary <laughs> because I think 2020 has been a really rough year for a lot of people, and I'm no exception. And it, it just like that, that you could take such a low moment and turn it into so much positivity. It just, it I does. Mean, Heidi, if you tear, I will oh. tear up. I mean, those Megan, tears are was, as contagious like, as the kindness. Me. I texted her. <laughs> she texted me. She was like, are you okay? <laughs> I, just, I was like, oh, oh. Um, But seriously, like it restores faith in humanity. And I, and I want to say like, I've, I'm going through a really rough time. My son, my youngest is having a massive surgery soon that he never should have needed for so many reasons. And it's, there's so many complications with it and it's just a rough time. And I was every day I go uptown to see two clients and then I come back down and I, you know, and everything else revolves around that. But, um, these clients live in a very shishi building. I live in a very shishi neighborhood in a shishi building too, but like downtown people are much less pretentious and obnoxious on a whole than uptown in Manhattan. I think it's a pretty fair <laughs> assumption. East side, I should say. Um, distinction. So it's Upper East Side building, like super pretentious. And, you know, I go there every single day. And this day I'd had, I'd gotten some extra bad news about my son and I was walking in and like, my whole thing is like, get rid of it. Like, let it go. Like check your baggage at the door, walk in, give them a fresh slate. And I'm waiting for the elevator and the door is finally open. And this obnoxious, like ridiculous human man comes, shoves me out of the way gets into the elevator, puts his hand up right in my face and says, you can wait and close. And like, and I was like, I just started to cry because like I was already so imbalanced. So to have something that. Imagine if he had handed you a flower instead. (laughs) No, but here's where the story turns around is this building has like 50,000 doormen and like different elevator banks. And one of the doormen saw me and saw this happen. And he came from like the back of the building and just, he said like some, he was just like, man, some people are just, they just never learned how to be nice. They never like whatever he said, it was so small and insignificant and it was words, but just knowing that like somebody saw me and like saw how wrong it was, like what this guy had done that was everything. And it turned my whole day around. And again, like your roses completely restored my faith in humanity after like a pretty bad incident. Um, and it just, and that one literally cost $0 for that man, you know, and you better believe I, the rest of the day, you know, was hell bent on paying that kindness forward and doing something nicer and nicer, nicer, just all that story to say, like, it really, really changes people's day. And it can be a word 
or it can be a flower. It, but it doesn't have to cost a penny to be nice. Like being nice doesn't cost a penny. And as someone who received that kindness very recently, it meant everything to me. Yeah. So I just thank you for all that you do because that's amazing. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that. And I think it's really important. You know, you brought up a lot of great things, but also understanding that like, some people don't know how to be kind and it's not personal to us. Like I I wrote something in, in a book I have coming out. That's like some people, you know, grew up in a house where the only way they got attention was their parents would glance up from the TV if they were doing something wrong or bad and reprimand them. And so they learned from an early age that the only way they got to be seen or valued was if they were doing something wrong or nasty derogatory or acting out. And so for some people, that's how they communicate. Like they'll get loud with the customer service people or they'll get in the face of the bank teller or they'll put their hand in front of you at the elevator and doesn't make it okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like, well, you know, you you were raised like that. It's not your fault, but it does, it does take some of like the personal, um, you know, prosecution out of it. Like they just don't know how else to be seen. And, and that's why I think, you know, as I'm doing more and more acts of kindness, to your point, Heidi, like it, it has nothing to do with the money. It has to do with like somebody really feeling like you saw them in that moment of, of sadness and in weakness. And I had a, a, a situation in the kindness community. Again, we have so many members and we're as we're growing. How can I join the kindness community? Is there like a little, can I be a card carrying member? Like, what do I need to do? <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's on Facebook. Um, it's a purple logo. It says kindness community a project by kindly. We also have an ambassador program for people who want to actually kind of like run their own little uh, charitable campaigns. Um, down with that too. Yeah. Beautiful. But in the community, I got scammed by some scam artists. They were basically buying, like trying to get people to buy them diapers to like trade for drugs. And like, they like six or seven people who were fake, you know, uh, profiles. And anyway, it was dis- disturbing. And, but stuff like that happens. Like I said, there's people who just learn that the only way that they're going to get ahead is to, to just do the wrong thing. And so about the same time that happened, I blocked all of them. We figured it out. A woman I had known through the community reached out to me and she's like, I just felt compelled to reach out to you. I'm living in a shelter with my two kids and I don't, I want to get out of here. I'm trying to get a government housing and, and I just didn't know if maybe you could help me. And normally I don't take requests because once you start being the, the kindness person, like it would never end. And it's really hard. It's hard on your heart because you, everybody, yeah, who do you pick and choose? You help you don't right and and then I don't want to I don't want to play God like that like so random is one of the safe words for me because I'm like okay well it's random but she had reached out to me randomly I knew that she was a real person in real need and I wanted to to level that situation with the scam artist it was like right at the same time I'm like I need to restore the fact that what I do is for the right reasons and it's not about people manipulating it to get things you know dishonestly So I decided to help her and I boosted on my page. We ended all the personal uh, fundraisers in the kindness community just because we couldn't vet what was real and what wasn't. We just do nonprofit fundraisers now. But I ended up putting it out on my personal Facebook. Does anybody have furniture for her? Does can anybody help her with this or that? I basically furnished her entire apartment through connections from my friends the, the government housing wasn't um, open for like another two months. She thought it was going to be that weekend. I got her a storage unit through the um, organization to store all the stuff. I helped her moved in. And then I said to her, you know, what kind of paintings do you like? And she said, I never had a painting. 
in my life. Oh, you painted for her, Lee. Oh. You painted for her. Mm-hmm. She said she really liked, like, she said, I never had a painting, but I like drama and Paris and ballet. So I did a painting of a ballet dancer in the rain in Paris for her new oh, um, apartment. And it's just like, again, it's that moment of like, yeah, to your point, Heidi, like, you had this interaction with somebody that was unfavorable, but you turn the corner and there's this other situation that restores your faith in humanity. Like there are still good people in the world and you're on the right path. It's just, we can't let like our charge be swayed by somebody who's doing the wrong thing. You use my words. I'm so fully charged, Lee. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Wait, Lee, can we rewind? Because I do love the story of your wedding, which happened to have been in Woman's Day magazine. Can you tell us a little bit about... You are very special wedding gifts. Yeah. Um, actually, my bridesmaid said to me, and sometimes like I, I forget because I'm in it so much. Like the other day, somebody paid for my coffee at Starbucks and I was on the phone with a girlfriend. I was like, somebody paid for my coffee. She's like, you should pay for the person behind you. I was like, oh, duh. <laughs> like, that's what I should do. So we're getting married and um, I was blogging for HuffPost at the time. And my, my bridesmaid, who happened to be my best friend from Illinois since I was 16, was like, what if we did something around random acts of kindness at the wedding. I'm like, totally. That's totally awesome. So um, we came up with a hashtag, which was kindly ever after. And um, we asked all of our guests to participate in showing love to the world in celebrating our union um, to come up with different random acts of kindness that they could do and share them online in support and like also inspire their, their friends to, to give back and do nice things. And it was really interesting to see the clever things that people came up with. Um, And also interesting to see like friends of ours who really hadn't done random acts of kindness before take part in it. Um, You know, people did things like um, there were, they had upgraded seats on the airplane on the way down and they gave up their seats for somebody in coach to take their first. fun. A little act of kindness. And um, one of my favorite stories is one of my sorority sisters actually baked a bunch of treats for like the UPS um, and FedEx drivers. And she back in college was definitely somebody who would let you know, like the, the wrong, the wrongs in the world, like the things that were bad in the world. She was definitely somebody, if you were on a car ride, she'd tell you about all the injustices. And then she got hooked on random acts of kindness through that act of kindness at the wedding. And now she does it all the time. She like paints for people. She does like, like uh, baking for people. And um, she shares them on her page all the time because that was the first time she had been challenged to do it. And she had that same kind of um, response to it that I did. So it was such a cool way to help people celebrate our union. And I think brides and, you know, people getting married in general, brides and grooms are always looking for ways to do something unique with their wedding that's memorable for the guests And I thought what was great about that is, yes, it was a gesture that we asked them to do around love, but it was also something they'll never forget because they were able to do something that was maybe outside of of their comfort zone or just outside of things that they thought to do um, and challenge themselves to think of something creative and then share it. And, you know, so we we ended up that story ended up going viral, which I never expected to happen. And so we ended up, you know, not only did it affect us and our wedding guests, but like hundreds of thousands of people who read about it. Um, My husband and I went on the Rachel Ray show. So anybody who watched that episode. So, you know, again, if you think your little acts of kindness don't make a difference, like 
just that one thoughtful gesture, my bridesmaid recommending to me, maybe you want to do this. You know, so many people were affected by that and it created an energy of kindness for all those people. It's contagious too. It's just like you ha- you surround yourself with people that you can lift up and they lift you up and it just becomes such a positive energy and a more positive place all around. Yeah, we even just did a masks fundraiser uh, for the for Kindness Community and Kindly and it says our masks say spread kindness. Not COVID. <laughs> Not COVID. But, uh, and I know you were mentioning before, like, ki- you know, kindness being the thing that's contagious, we all need to catch this year. But yeah, like it does really spread. And I think people, once they get involved in it, they realize like, hey, this is, it's not just for the other person. It's for like just general goodness. Like it, it is contagious. I was just going to say when John was younger, I, I remember him telling me the story because now he always, when I met him, he always says hi to people on the street. Like, like he, he makes it a point to say hello to everybody. And I was like, why are you like, you could clearly, you can see that guy does not want to say hello to you. What are you doing? This is when I first met him. And he said, when he was younger, him and his friends, it was like a, it was like a little prank. Like they were going around saying like, hi, hi, hi. They were trying to just be little boys and be kind of annoying and just bother people on the street. And he said it, it stuck with him and he saw what it did to other people and the positivity that that brought to them. And he said, he just, he never, he never stopped. Once he saw what it really did, he was, you know, just being a little pestery boy on the street. And it turned out to be, you know, something that is just part of his personality now. And you can see the, it can turn someone's day. If we're walking, even when we went to Paris, I remember saying like, Oh, good luck with this. Cause he was trying and everybody in Paris was just kind of head down. Nobody, they were looking at him like he was crazy. He's American. It wasn't, you know, it was a few years ago and he did it there too. And you could see at first they looked at him and they were confused and then their face lit up. So it's, it's, it is contagious and it's, it's a beautiful thing. So Lee, I was quite, I was curious because do you have a day job as well? Like what is your day to day? Like, do you take days off from kindness? Like what is your life like? I do. And it's funny that you asked that. So I've been in technology sales since the early 2000s. I work for Fortune. So you've had Spotify since like 92. Well, I, I had Napster when it started. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> where, where it took like 10 hours to download a song by NSYNC. But yes. Um, no, I worked in technology uh, for the majority of my career. And it's interesting. I'm actually interviewing with some big tech companies right now. I'm leaving my, uh, I was with Salesforce for a number of years and they love my philanthropy aspect. They're really about giving back. They actually encourage their people to give back and and give them volunteer time off or BTO, 40 hours of of work week off a year to volunteer. Um, So I'm I'm interviewing with big tech companies now to get into my next role. And and somebody asked me the other day and he's like, I don't want to sound callous, but you know, how do you, how are you going to do this and that? And I said, you know, I spend about as much time on kindness as people spend on their Peloton. Um, And so for me, like when I was at the height of like being in a really stressful retail technology career and people would say, how do you have time to do this and how do you do that? And I said, you know, it really balances out the stress for me. And it's like that's why people like besides trying to be able to eat what they want and have wine. Like that's why people go and go to the gym or that's why people have a book club or that's why people have binge Netflix. Like everybody has this escape from the pressures. And for me, it's not just an escape from the pressure, but it's also, um, it's also a way to get in touch with like how privileged I am and, and like the problems I have, like how many people wish that their problem was like, Oh my God, I have a really difficult client. I'm trying to close a major communications deal or whatever that might be. And then you get down to the fact that like, 
you know, I have extra towels and blankets. I called the United Way and they said the, the dog shelter could use it. And you think like, here's all these animals that don't even have like a, an old blanket, you know? And, and it's like your stresses become a little bit more, um, I, I don't know how, what the word is, but they just puts them in perspective. Yeah, it, it puts it in perspective. So that's why, and I, and I told this guy I was interviewing with, you know, that's why it's been random for me because I couldn't take on something full time that needed, you know, constant week over week commitment. We do have campaigns we do every year. And I alluded to the ambassador program earlier, but I'll elaborate a little bit now. So I created an ambassador program because I too was like, I'd love to run a nonprofit, but I don't have time. So (laughs) what I created was something called an ambassador program where people can um, be ambassadors to kindly they have to participate in two of our campaigns a year that we have, like the pay away, lay away, which is starting on Thanksgiving, or um, we do the Valentine's Day for women and children in shelters, uh, school supplies for foster kids or homeless backpack supplies for the summer. They, com- they participate in those two. They share it out to their networks. They help us fundraise for that. But they can also bring to us ideas about campaigns they want to do um, themselves. So one of our ambassadors, he's a newer ambassador, he, his dream is to build a basketball court in the Dominican Republic in his father's honor. And I was like, we can do that. You know, we can make that happen. You know, tell me how you want to get it done. And and using, you know, we use Kindly as a conduit, very much like the United Way, where we become a source to support these other ideas or endeavors. And so busy people like myself can have that moment where they create something big without being committed to, you know, running a nonprofit. Everything we do is volunteer-based and for me, it's, it's a necessary part of my routine to, to do this. And it's an, and it's a necessary part of my routine, even on social media where most people are scrolling. And, you know, I had to stop TikTok because I was like losing my life to TikTok. Mm-hmm. How can we find kindly on Instagram? What is it? It's um, kindly L E I G H like my name and uh, okay. underscore org. So kindly org uh, or kindly.org. Um, you can find us Googling it. Uh, we'll bring it up. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on LinkedIn. Uh, we also just opened a TikTok channel. We're hoping this, I know, I feel like I'm so old and I'm on TikTok, but um, this year we're going to be doing more acts of kindness videos on uh, TikTok to share with the youth of tomorrow. Um, and speaking of which, I think what's really, really cool is I am seeing, like I mentioned earlier, so many universities teaching kindness courses. I've been a guest lecturer two times in the last month for, for universities that are teaching kindness to the youth of tomorrow. And mm-hmm. somebody explained it like, well, now they all have like Alexa and Siri to give them all the knowledge and data they need. So like they, they basically have AI to answer questions. We have to teach them how to be like good people. Like that's, we're down to that. Like we have to teach them how to like have compassion. Lee, you mentioned a book and I would love to hear, you're working on a book. You have a book coming out. What's the book? So there's two books coming out in 2021. Uh, The first one's coming out called Living Kindly, L-Y, not L-E-I-G-H. But the book's called Living Kindly and it is a collaborative book with a number of other authors um, who are kindness influencers and kindness figureheads uh, globally actually 
we have people from London and Australia participating as well, um, sharing how kindness has impacted their lives and the lives of others. Um, we have a woman who donated her kidney to a stranger. We have, like I said earlier, Mark Shapiro of the Love Bomb app, who's gamified kindness, um, and so many different uh, people who are making kindness their mission. So that's coming out in early 2021. And then I have a book that I'm publishing over the summer called Swim, which is Succeeding with an Impact Mindset. And that is all about relating biology to psychology and why being generous in spirit is living your peak human experience. So um, that's called Swim, and it's all about, you know, why, you know, spiritual generosity really is the ultimate human experience and like the most cathartic way to live your life. Oh, great. Love that. Um, well, we're, we got to wrap this party up. I, Christine, do you want to take us into, I mean, Lee, I could listen to you all day, but we have something that we do at the end of every show where we just kind of jump into this really quick lightning round. Cause we like to kind of learn a little bit more about our guests. So I think Christine, you're going to take that one away today. Yes, I will. So first question, favorite workout? (laughs) Uh, I would say ballet bar. Oh, that's a good one. And next question, morning or evening workout? Morning. Morning. Okay. And most people say that, but I'm the, I'm the oddball out afternoon. And the hardest question, coffee, tea, or matcha? Oh God, all of the above. Um, Tea, (laughs) most likely. Nice and soothing. I love it. That's a good one. All right. Our very last segment is called Karma Call. (laughs) So I can't wait to hear yours. (laughs) So Megan says it better than I do, but I'm the yogi. So I will explain that karma is a Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing guests, what is one small actionable item that you can give them to do for like a week that would start a habit, small action, giant results. Yeah. So again, back to the the kindness courses I've been participating in, a $10 kindness challenge, right? So the kids at the um, college did this. They were given $10 and they had to find some way to do an act of kindness with that. And what ends up happening from that exercise is one, you realize it doesn't have to be a significant investment, but two, that you start looking for opportunities to be kind because you have this like $10 and you're like, when am I going to be inspired to have this moment to give it? And it starts to teach you to look around and, um, and find those moments where you can see and value someone and do something special for them. So I invite everyone to do a one kindness challenge for $10, you know, give yourself a week and look for that opportunity to use that wisely. Love, love, love it. And I got to say, I just, I have to like put in one more thing here is that I I really want to bring this into my own home. I think sometimes it's almost easier to do a kind act for a stranger. I know I feel good when I am very pleasant with the the woman at CVS giving me my prescription. And that's lovely. And it's great that I wished her a happy holidays, but sometimes I forget to do it with my own husband. You know what I mean? Like I love him to death. So why am I not always kind? So I feel like journaling one kind thing a day that I can just do here in my own house to make sure that I am a plus, right? That I walk into the room and I'm a plus is like what I'm going to take away from this. And I think it's so simple. It's such a simple thing we could all be doing just to look for that one moment. Like our kids do it. My son has a thing up on the, on the refrigerator right now from world kindness day. Like he has to check off things, bring his plate to the sink, help with dinner. And I'm like, 
well, what could I do? I'm sitting around like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's such a great takeaway, Lee. So I really appreciate you being here because this is something that in all of the Michigas, that is a, I am Jewish. That is a Jewish word. It means all the chaos and craziness of 2020. This is just such a simple thing we can do to make ourselves and others feel better. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. And I love that, Jamie. And I'll also say a fun act of kindness to do with your kids is write up little acts of kindness you can do around the house or in the community, put it in a jar and then pick one out. And like you guys go on a mission for the day or they have to like help their sister with their homework or whatever it is, because it gets them to also think of of ways to give back. But I love that. Just finding those little moments. The one we do, Team Murphy does, we paint our kindness rocks and hide them all over town. We've been doing that for years. And my daughter just had the best idea. We did a pop-up holiday-themed fairy garden in the park and then hid across the street and watched people discover it. And it was so much fun. That's so neat. You guys are so creative, Megan. I need need some. That's really cute. Well, you know, I mean, we've got a lot of time on our hands together right now in (laughs) quarantine. (laughs) And she's not downloading Spotify on her own device. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, thanks, everybody for today. This was, I know, just warmed my heart and I hope it warmed all of yours at home too. Thank you for listening and tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to this show so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off The Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. Yay. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lee. That was wonderful.